What's up, everybody? This is Keegs from Here's a Podcast. Are you happy now? Welcome to episode 69, a huge episode for myself, for, for Nick and I, for all of us universally, if you're listening. It, it just I think we could take a minute and just appreciate where we've come as a podcast, as a society, as sexual partners. I say this every week, but we have a packed episode for you. And every week it's true. But what makes this episode different from other episodes is I don't know how we fit all this content into an hour. And I'm the one who edited the episode, and I still I look at it, and I, I, my mouth drops to the floor. My eyes cry blood because I've never seen something so beautiful. I've never seen so much content packed into an hour and two minutes. And yet, here it is. It's in front of us. It's here for you to listen to. We jump into everything from the dumb movies we liked as a kid to my new internet troll to uh, blogs I wrote in 2017 to a newfound obsession in Coyote Peterson, a wild man of wildlife. And then we wrap it all up with a little bit of nerd keeks. Listen to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. We worked hard on it. We had a blast recording it. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I see the red light blinking. I've talked too much already. It's time to get a little weird. It's time to buckle up. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? It's Nick. It's Keegs. It's Here's a Podcast. You're happy now. Your favorite podcast about everything and nothing. We've got Nick recording from Brooklyn. I'm recording from Mountainous and Altitude Heavy, Estes Park, Colorado, where the average age is 65. It is popping over here. It is lawless. It's I didn't lawless. know that. I didn't know Estes Park was an, was an older community. Yes, it's very old. It's me. I'm dragging that. I'm dragging that average age down. That's Barely. good. That's it's good. Like, that uh, we've help. got a pack. Yeah. Don't Continue. do not interrupt me again. I'm mean, going to interrupt. <laughs> and we've got a packed episode today. It is episode 69. It's a big episode. It's a big episode. And this, look, we're two guy guys with a podcast. We've covered this. Okay. It's painfully apparent from the second our voices hit your ears. The opening song. Could it be wider? I don't know. Maybe sure we could if we tried the original theme song couldn't have been whiter and just like we're a giant cliche the allure around the number 69 it's impossible to ignore right and so we don't want to just sit here and laugh at it right 69 oh my god 69 episodes so i want to take a minute before we dive into what is a packed episode for you i want to go on to what you think of episode 69 which i already know the answer to and also 69 as a position of coitus i'm thrilled with both of them for the, you know, I'm happy to say that on the record. Um, and even 69 as, as a joke, it always hits for me. It always lands. You see 69 out in the wild and you get a little smile on your face. You're like, <laughs> It's true. That. It kind of has a, a marvelous and miraculous staying power, you yeah. know? It's got an incredible the, shelf life. It's not the funniest thing in the world, but it certainly makes me crack a smile. And then, like, it it's, has the great thing about jokes where, like, it's gone circular. Where, like, screaming, it's, like, kind of, like, stupid. Like, was funny when you were a kid, and then it got so overdone that now it's kind of, like, funny to say it ironically now. Like, oh, 69, like, that still gets me. Yeah. The whole thing. Better, better staying power, 69 or dabbing? 69. Interesting. Like, like okay. dabbing, I just don't know if we have the data to, to look at it yet, right? Like, dabbing's been around for three years. 69 has been around for however so many dabbing's years. Been, dabbing's been around for longer than three years. All right, well, either way, I still think it, it, it pales in comparison to how long people have been laughing at 69. First recorded dab. First recorded dab. <laughs> you are a historical listener. Dude, there is actually a Wikipedia article on this. Yeah, what is it? Let's see. Oh, I'm on Know Your Meme. I think it's since 2015. That's what I'm seeing as well. But I think oh, that's it when it became mainstream. Picture of Japanese pop culture for decades. Anime oh, I'm and manga. It's from Atlanta hip hop. 
Well, yeah, the dance had a surge in popularity throughout mid-2014 and early mm-hmm. 2000 with Migos and quality control. Coach K was there right. at the time. This is incredible. Wikipedia is a remarkable resource. So if you're a historical listener, we don't have a history guy yet. If you want to weigh in on kind of your input on what has better staying power, the dab or the joking around 69, you can do it. Because 69ing has been around forever. Um, yeah. The one thing I think is interesting with 69ing is like how far does it go forward? Like, I guess my head was like, well, aliens, would aliens get it? Oh, my headphones are gone. That's Big Brother upstairs not wanting us to get to the bomb. It's like, would aliens get <laughs> Wait, like if aliens, if aliens landed on... Yeah. Like the joke or the sex position? Maybe either, because like who knows what their anatomy's like. Fair. But you think they would get dab even what if they don't have arms? I mean I think they <laughs> dude, you raise a very good point. I don't know. I don't know. Because part of it is like maybe they see dabbing and they're like, Well, humans are stupid enough. Like, cause dabbing is such a it's done in such a uh like showman way. Like it's done yeah. to get attention and done in like the moment and you see someone dabbing. None of our jokes about 69ing actually involve watching two people 69. Un- very unusual. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah. just the number. So, like, what are these yeah. aliens going to think? They just see this fucking number show up everywhere. Like, they're, they might think that this is, like, that there's some secret code. When Because, re- seriously, it's like, what context do they have? Um, no, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know. That just came. That's just That's an example. We're not in my brain yet, but that's just something that's in my brain now is... Like, what would they think? Because there's no, there's, it's never, when you see two people 69 and you never laugh at it, you're like, that's beautiful. Because I think the 69 is an under, not underappreciated. I think it's properly appreciated. It's, it's got to be a top pretty, five. It's, it's got to be a top five rated. sex position. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Certainly in terms of like mass appeal. Um, it's also something that's super, you know, not just hetero. Absolutely, anyway, sixty nine, right. right? Like, yeah, no, and it's it's beautiful. It's it's both, uh, you know, it's, it's doing a universal work for your partner yeah. while they're doing work for you. It's it's remarkable. No one, you can't slack off because someone will get hurt. That's true. I thought you were gonna ask, um, which has more staying powder power, sixty nine or my wife? Mm, like when I think of jokes with runaway, like my wife seems to have. Will we ever escape my wife? My no, wife? no. I mean, yeah. I think that that. I think people have escaped my wife. <laughs> not me. I, there may be people out there. I'm not one of them. But I was funny. I was actually last night, I was lying asleep. No, nah, I could not sleep. I was lying in bed wide awake staring at the ceiling, debating whether I could put 69 in my top five sex positions. And then eventually, like three hours later, I was like, I don't think I can list. Like, I'm Fine. not like a fucking dictionary, like encyclopedia of. Like, I don't have the Karma Sutra memorized, you know? No. Like, I don't list, either. Probably list seven. And there's a pretty steep drop off from top five down to six and seven. Yeah, I think I'm in the same yeah. place. I think yeah. there's there's Missionary, also a real delineation on like yeah like guy on top, girl on bottom, two people horizontal with man on top, sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, there's such creative names. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, mouthful, <laughs> but efficient. Both horizontal guy. <laughs> Uh, but so, Across you know, hats bed. off. Hats yeah. off to 69. Yeah, well, um, it's also, it's a feat that we've made it this far. It, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 60, who, you know? who would have seen it? I mean, I don't think we could have quit before now, even though we've tried. But Closing in yeah. on the hundo, too. I know. We're over halfway, officially. <laughs> 69, halfway to 100. <laughs> We're going to make it, Nick. Check We're going to make it. Yeah. 
Uh, Start drinking so much water. It's hot out It's okay. Out it's here. okay. I got my Pedialyte. You know, I got my coffee. We've got, got all sorts of uh, You're hydrating and dehydrating. You're in the cycle, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, Keegan, what are you stimulants. thinking about this week? Let's go to In My Brain. Yeah, let's hop into it. This week for In My Brain, I think this probably came up somewhere. I mean, I've had this in my brain for weeks. I think at some point I just remembered this movie that I was just fucking obsessed with. Like, when I was a kid. I don't know how this came up in my head, but I was... I mean, I've always loved watching movies, but, like, I... My parents loved to punish me by, like, restricting me from seeing movies. Like, I think Mm. I... They caught me... They were watching The Sixth Sense downstairs. And so then I crept downstairs and they caught me and they're like, well, now you can't watch it till you're 16. And I was like, that's fucking nine years from now. I'll be dead. <laughs> that's a um, long time. That's a long fucking time to be grounded for. I and also remember The I, Sixth Sense was a big movie that I heard a lot about, my, but I did not see. Right. And I was like, like pissed dude, about it. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan, like The yep. Sixth Sense. Like these were like movies that came out when we were in fourth grade where I would like ask the older kids like, what happened to that movie? You know, like, tell me about it. Tell me about it. But I would just over and over again watch the movies that I was allowed to see and I was just fucking obsessed with. And so I posed this question to you yesterday of whether you have a movie that you look back and you're like, wow, I was obsessed with that movie. And, like, it was probably not good. Like, I'm curious to rewatch the movie because it has – it's just – it is the beginning of a lot of different things for me. And I'm yeah. curious, you know, never meet your heroes. You know, don't watch the movies you fucking loved when you were in second grade when you're 30. A hundred percent. Cause and when you asked me, I want to hear about what your movie is, but I also, when you asked me about the movie, I think I said to you yesterday, I was like, it's kind of like a classic, like, like for like a kid's classic. And I just yeah. Rotten Tomatoes it has a thirty three percent. Like that's not a, it's not a classic at all. It's just like it's still ingrained in my memory. As what's like, the audience rating? What's the audience rating? Audience like? rating is forty nine. Still pretty okay. bad. Because Barstool Chicago did this. They they went over this recently. They were talking about the biggest splits on Rotten Tomatoes. And yeah, there's this whole theory ones. that the bigger the split is, the better the movie is. Um, but that's not, a, that's not a huge split. No. It means that's it's not, not good. It's still rotten. Yeah. Um, there's also Rotten Tomatoes has some tough stuff where, like, on the audience score, people go and bomb it. Right? Like, they do, like, big, like, DDoS-style attacks on certain movies to get the audience score down really far. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you might, I just looked at the split for my movie. It's fourteen percent critics, sixty-eight percent audience. That's huge. That's a fucking split. That's um, one point. Had that been a sixty-nine, I would have broken my computer. I would have thrown it the fucking against the wall, and we would just re- release this 69. pod as it is. I know. Yeah. Stuff. But yeah, I mean, there. I we we could get into. I I don't have complete faith in Rotten Tomatoes. I don't like no, going around. You can't Tomatoes trust until, anyone. After I've seen a movie. Yeah, because it's like, who fucking reviews? I So many of the Rotten Tomatoes. I trust like two or three film critics, right? Yeah. And anyone <coughs> else, it's like, what makes you different than me? 100%. Like, what, you're just a fucking, you're just eating chips off your chest, crying to this shit like I am. And people, you know, people's yums are different than their yucks, you know? Yeah, you, you dude, you said it. And, and I think, yeah, people's yums... I want, and I think our yums are different than our yucks sometimes. Yeah, I don't know what that means at all, but I'm gonna agree. <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna yuck your get yum, that. like like oh you really like this thing, I'm not gonna like shit on it. I'm not gonna be like oh man, that really sucks. That thing you like. So what's the expression? People's yums are different wanna, than their yucks. Well, no, that, I'm, I'm taking the expression. I don't want to yuck your yum. Is, is oh, okay. That makes way more. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. And that's yeah, all. First... Rotten Tomatoes is it's people yucking my yum. Yeah, or me totally. yucking their yum. 
totally. This, is, this totally. wasn't the worthwhile thing to dwell on. I'm sorry. No, but it's it, you, know, you learn. You learn. Well, I want to hear so, what your movie is. So my movie is um, my movie is American Outlaws, starring Colin Farrell. I have to look it up. Scott Kahn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Allie Larder. It's got Timothy Dalton. Um, Kathy Bates has a cameo in it. Um, Kathy Bates. Like, what what year is it? Yulin. Dude, it's 2001. Oh, nice. Gabriel Macht, Gregory Smith. So is it pre got... or post 9/11? Dude, tell me your release date. August 17th. Dude, this is immediately pre 9/11. Pre 9/11. There's One of the last of... movies that came yeah. out. Okay, interesting. Bad um, is it's, good it's, again. It's a it's a story about Jesse James. Colin Farrell is Jesse James. He and Scott Conner are the James brothers, I think. And it's so it, this is why it came in my head. I think probably is we're talking about all these movies that like, geez, are these movies politically correct? And I went into this of like, God, I was thinking about I used to love westerns and so many westerns like Outlaw of Josie Wales, like these in particular, like this movie. It's all like kind of glorifying like Confederate war heroes that are supposed to like kind of have morals that are in between. Um, and I was just like, holy fuck! Like I totally forgot that the whole premise. It just reminded me because in this movie they are like confederate veterans and that's they're portrayed in like an extremely positive light and what i was fascinated with about this movie is they're like i think they rode with i'm blanking on his name i was a i loved history when i was a kid and there was a particularly particularly like brutal but brilliant confederate like cavalryman and it was like Lamatt's Raiders, maybe. That's maybe that's what it was. But they like kind of paint him to be a hero in this movie, if I'm remembering it correctly. And I remember putting these I loved watching like these kind of historical fiction movies and like tying them into where they were like actually drawn from history. Yeah. Nothing to do with the movie. I had a huge man crush on Colin Farrell. Like, dude, I I was the king of the man crush on like him and Cuba Gooding Jr. I worshipped them. I would watch any fucking movie that, that <laughs> either of them put out. As a child, what Cuba Gooding Jr. movie were you really into? Um, are you watching like uh, what's it called? Show me the money. What's uh? Uh, no, dude. What did I love Cuba Gooding Jr. from? I want to see his filmography. Um, Snow Dogs. I saw Snow Dogs. I was a little disappointed in it. Yeah. Oh, he I was just in. Think you... Uh, you know, <laughs> so fucking funny. So he's in a couple movies, right? He was in the Tuskegee Airmen, which I again okay. another historical movie, which I just thought was incredible and then i have yeah. rewatched it since it is not very good um <laughs> i'm trying to i'm going further back than that and i can't find anything really so it was like tuskegee airman it right. was uh let's see he was in rat race i thought he needed more screen time in rat race i knew he was in oh, a few right. good men he was in rat race God, yeah. rat race was such a um generational movie but yeah, back. so I, 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 I knew he was in A Few Good Men. I loved Pearl Harbor. I loved his cameo in Pearl Harbor. Um, and I actually bought the movie Glory, which was my favorite movie for most of my young life, because I thought Cuba Gooding Jr. was in it. Like, I was convinced that I'd seen Cuba Gooding, Gooding Jr.'s name on the credits somewhere. Yeah. I watched that movie like four or five times before I finally realized. And every time I was like, fuck, I missed him. I fucking missed him. So it wasn't like you were like, oh, that's hilarious. You were just like, I'm sure he's in this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's in this movie. Him. And then finally I watched the credits all the way through and I was like, Jesus Christ, Cuba Gooding Jr. is not in this. He's not in this movie. <laughs> um, I think he's been canceled, right? 
I think so. he had, yeah, he's had uh, some sexual misconduct. Yeah, recent. Charges very... levied against him recent. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, bummer. I met him. I met him. You, you were there when I met him. You met him, too. I was. I, I met him as well. I all over myself. But yeah, yeah, so Colin Farrell was another one of these man crutches. And this movie just starts out as fucking class as it gets. Like, there's this one actor in it who I want to, I wish we could have this on video. Uh, Gregory Smith is one of the, um, so it's, in, the Jesse James gang was made up of two sets of brothers, right? We have the Jameses and the Youngers. Scott Kahn is one of the Youngers. I love this movie so much, I was convinced that Scott Kahn was more famous than James Kahn, which it took me, I think, more or less up until recording this pod to come to terms with the fact that, like, James Kahn is just way more famous than Scott yeah. Kahn ever was. You know, like, I remember seeing Scott Kahn in Ocean's Eleven and being like, yeah, dude, Scott Kahn's famous. And then I just haven't seen him in any movies ever since. Dude, you said so, his name like I knew who he was, and I had to look him up. I was like, what's Scott Kahn? So Gregory Smith is is one of my favorite little facts about this. is So Gregory Smith plays one of the younger brothers in this movie, in American Outlaws. He also plays, thank you, he also plays <laughs> Mel Gibson's youngest son, not youngest, like middle son in The Patriot. And just like The Patriot, the James Younger gang kind of goes off the deep end once they get trapped after a bank robbery. And you guessed it, Gregory Smith gets fucking shot and dies in their arms. He has identical death scenes. Like, I cannot <laughs> think of a movie I've seen of like with Gregory Smith in it where he doesn't fucking die, where there's like a little trickle of blood coming out of his mouth and he's yep. crying and it's super sad because he's like he got a very boyish face and he can make his face very pale or like that's what they could do with makeup back then. But it, it just is like, that's his fucking, he's a character actor of like, I'm going to get shot and fucking turn the innocent one who dies. Like, right? Yeah, he's the yeah. innocent guy who dies who's going to have this super dramatic death scene of like, he never gets shot in the head and dies right away. It's always like he gets shot in the gut, you know, and like he has to bleed out in his father's or brother's arms. And that's like what he does. He's he is the spark that fuels Mel Gibson's anti-Semitic rage in The Patriot. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Did you also see Smith? Real side, real side uh, tangent here. Do you see that Mel Gibson just he's now in the news again because he's denied Winona Ryder's allegations that he said anti-Semitic comments to her? Yeah. And it's like, I thought we handled this. 10 years ago. Yeah, I almost blogged this because I was just, but I just couldn't write about it because there's, it's like, bro, you should just be arguing other things. Like, it's not worth you arguing the, I just can't believe he's still around. I just can't believe that he wouldn't just call it a loss and walk away. Like, yeah. You know, like his, his thing right now should be like his original story, which is that like, he had a really tough relationship with his dad and he now has these views that this alcoholism and like, He's trying to recover. It shouldn't be like a deny, 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 you know? Yeah. It's not a good look. You did it. We, I fucking believe Winona Ryder. Like, yeah, for sounds, sure. Sounds like you were a fucking scumbag. This is also like, yeah, this is... We're in a cycle of, like, over the past 15 years. This has come out over and over again. We've yeah, already, it's tough. Yeah, you're not going to win back the PR battle here. No. No, yeah, you've lost. It's just like you've lost. You've you lost. have to you, apologize forever. You, have yeah. to, uh, you just have to, like... People love Winona Ryder these days. She had a huge comeback. Huge comeback. Yeah. Opposite of Mel Gibson. You know? Opposite of Mel Gibson. Right. She's on Didn't top she now. get canceled she, she in the 90s the for shoplifting or something like that? That was like her. Yeah. It was like back then when like, you know, the double standard was even higher and it was like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mel Gibson can do whatever the fuck he wants, but if Winona Ryder steals a fucking like Snickers bar, we're going to fucking burn her at the <laughs> She's cross. done. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She'll never make a movie again. Yeah. Uh, um, thanks for that tangent. So that, so American Outlaws is mine. That is a 14% tomato meter. Um, 
critics score of 103 critics and a 68% from almost 44,000, over 44,000 audience meter, members' wow. reviews. And Kathy Bates dies early as well. Um, so this is, sorry, that was a spoiler. Um, but I think it's supposed to be kind of a comedy. I fucking loved this movie. Um, yeah. Might have to rewatch. I think that's, that's probably something we should do is rewatch. Um, yeah. So that was, was the movie just, you told your friends, like, this is the best movie ever. You have to see this movie. Or was it was like, sort of just like a huge awesome rewatch. And it was, yeah. it was a really nice, I think one of the underrated parts of my life that I don't really, I kind of take for granted is the fact that, like, look at my other man crushes, right? Like, Cuba Gooding Jr., I mean, he's kind of the only one right now. Like, that guy's fucking... Was his career... All due respect, Mr. Gooding Jr. He sounds like not a very good person, and also, like, was his career ever good enough for me to really have a celebrity crush on him? I'm not sure. But Colin Farrell, right? Like, my first access was American Outlaws, and all I heard about was, like, well, Colin Farrell's this fucking dirtbag actor. And, like... true. Colin Farrell's kind of a good actor. He's certainly turned it around. He's, like, a fantastic actor. Yeah. Well, he's he's made some very good director decisions, right? Like, he's... In Bruges, with what's his face, and right. uh, then all the Yorgos Lanthimos right. movies. Like, yeah, you freaking found it, dude. Yeah, you fr- that's you a good. That's a good you call. You did a little Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, so I just I want to thank you, Colin. And if you want to call in and thank me, uh, I lost my phone in the water, but you can give us a call and we'll we'll take it. It's funny you say Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, okay, Nick, hit us. Because my movie, let me let me t- let me give you the cast of this movie and see if you have okay. any idea. I'm nerv- I've been thinking about this. I, I got stuck on Sound of Music. I'm glad it's not that. No, no. Okay. More contemporary. The year okay. is 1994. So this is a movie I watched as like a little kid. I think I was probably like between six and eight, six and ten. I was like, I okay. love this movie. Fuck. Okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Danny Glover. Tony Danza. Oh, my God. What? Christopher Lloyd's in it. Um, Matthew McConaughey is in it. Dermot Mulroney's in it. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other really big names. People who had Adrian Brody is in it. That the just, movie that, that lost me all chance of fucking getting it. Yeah, you don't think about this movie as having a powerhouse cast. This is a movie I thought as a kid was just like the best. I love this movie so much, and now when I go back and think about it, this is the this movie is weird. Is it it's, one of those ones where the dogs have voices? No. It's not okay. animated. That's the other big thing. Can no, I give you Alan one more Bounds big hint? Fair, yeah, fair, you're right. Hint. It's a baseball movie. I love this movie. And now when I think about it, it does not make that much sense. Like, the whole, the whole premise of this movie is so strange for a kid's movie. It's very... It feels like propaganda to me now. What you're close. Is... It's yeah. Angels in the Outfield. Dude, okay. Fuck. Angels in the Outfield. When was the last time you heard thought about Angels in the Outfield? <laughs> so Dude, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Do you remember that movie? Or is it sort of like in the ether? You're not. You're not 100 percent sure. No, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, where one of the guys dies and he just fucking plays. Angels in the Outfield is even crazier. In, this is Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an orphan, and he okay. and his orphan for, and his dad tells him that. He, <laughs> it's insane. He's an orphan, and his widowed father, who has put him up, who has left him as an orphan. Okay. says our family will be back together when the angels win the pennant the california okay. angels win the pennant and he goes to these games and danny glover's the manager and they're really bad and joseph gordon levitt prays for the angels to win the pennant and with the help of actual angels they win the, there's a classic scene where the guy there's a big hit 
and Matthew McConaughey, who's the outfielder, which I had no idea, is running, 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 and then the two angels fly out of the sky and pick him up, so he makes the catch, and only Joseph Gordon-Levitt can see the angels. This movie is pure religious propaganda for kids, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's like if you pray, your team will win. You like baseball and you want a dad? (laughs) You better start praying. Dude, it's funny you bring that up because it immediately made me think of Sixth Man, which came out in 97. Is that another Do you remember this movie? No. Is that Dude, it's with Marlon Wayans, Kadeem Hardison, Kevin Dunn, Michael Michelle, David Paymer. And it's two brothers playing for University of Washington, college basketball team. And one of them has a heart attack and dies. (laughs) Oh, no. And basically his ghost comes back. And is and the sixth man. helps them win the NCAA championship. <laughs> Does he actually play? Yeah. It's like weird things start to happen. Like, Dude, it's the exact same um, movie. He helps them supernaturally. Yeah. I can't, ex- like, it's not movie. giving me the, the exact thing. But I, I, you know, I think shots are like tipping out and he's coming up and dunking them back in. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just like movies like this don't come out anymore. No. That's, so that's exactly what I was going to say. And what I didn't know at the time is that Angel in the Outfield is like a remake of a 1950s movie, which explains to me more. I was like, no one would think, no one would put this movie out now. Like, who yeah. would think about this weird no. idea? It's like, you know what? It's the it's the religion that's going to help our sports our sports team win. But that makes me a little sad. This movie was huge for me. Big on my love of baseball just, was Angels in the Outfield. It's funny you bring up the 50s because my honorable mention was a Davy Crockett movie that was just a combination of three Disney disney produced episodes uh from 1955 and i watched this movie more than i watched american outlaws um and it is the it is arguably the least politically correct arguably like borderline not borderline overtly racist piece of film like i've ever seen in its treatment of native americans and mexicans and just anybody who's not a white davy crockett and that was a real one where i've thought back on that often and been like that movie was legitimately fucked up and i did some research for it yesterday and like came out in 1955 and it makes a lot more sense but i know a lot of people are talking of like there's a lot of discussion going on of like should gone with the wind have been removed you know this new advisory on things this davy crockett movie should one i'm putting our firm podcast stamp behind it this movie needs to be burnt like this movie could be burnt do you think it's on Disney Plus? <laughs> Dude, if it was on Disney Plus, we would have heard about it. Like, I think, this yeah. movie is buried. I don't think this movie ever made it to DVD. Like, there's there's probably three copies in, like, a Tennessee public library somewhere. I say Tennessee not because I'm making a sweeping generalization about people who live in Tennessee, but because much of the movie was from Tennessee. Look, you're yeah. not you're not going to get caught and get canceled here. Yeah. Yeah, not about the David Crockett movie. Yeah, not before I get started, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm just looking at like all this crazy old angels in the app, all these angels posters. I'm glad you brought that up because that is astounding. These angels up here holding, telling Danny Glover how to manage his baseball team. Do you see that? I love it. That also doesn't look like Danny Glover at all. He's and young. He was old then. He was old in 1994 still. Another great Danny Glover throwback. Did you ever see Silverado? No. Dude, Silverado's a classic, like, young adult western with. Uh, let me see if I can get them all. It's fucking Scott Glenn, Danny Glover. Oh you my gotta god! Gotta believe. Um, Scott Glenn, Danny Glover, Kevin Costner. There's one more. Wow. It's on the tip of my tongue. Holy fuck! Uh, he <laughs> co-stars with Will Smith, and uh, he's got very serious drug issues. Um, Kirk, 
not Kirk. Where did we in like in in what Bad in Boys? Wild West? Wild West. Oh, Wild Wild West. I don't know. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Kirk. Two Ks. Idiot. Right. Yeah. yeah that's another, that's another classic. Yeah. Keegan. I thought the old lady in that movie looked a lot like reminded me a lot of my grandma. I just remember that about it. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. This 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 one has a going around Rotten Tomatoes really quick. Then we that can move one is on. is kind of a legit. That one's kind of a legit. Like I would say, can I guess? Yeah. I'm gonna give it. I think it is a sixty-four percent critic review. That to me, that's the tomato I, meter, right? Yeah. Yeah. No higher. It's it's not certified fresh. Well, actually, what does certified fresh mean? Does it's that, above sixty. Oh, it is above sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like 73? 72? 76 tomato meter. That's really good. I mean, look, there's some powerful, powerful actors in that movie. Yeah. And some powerful themes. It says a rare there's example a of, of an 80s Hollywood Western done right. 80s? Fuck, that's older than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a well-done Western. Um, well, we've spent so much time on this. We've spent a I, lot of time on if this. If you guys have a... We'll do some Instagram content of this over this week. If you guys have like ridiculous movies from your childhood that you would like to share, please DM us. We'd love to hear about it. Maybe we'll whip up a graphic or something of like Angels on the Outfield versus American Outlaws. For sure. Get it moving. Um, we're... Uh, as many of you know, we are bringing back a sec... We've changed our pod when we came back for season three dramatically. Now we're kind of bringing it back a little bit to its origins, which... Uh, as most of you know, there's a companion blog to this pod. It's the daddy of this of this pod at heresblog.com, where I write multiple blogs a week about different things that are happening. And we originally kind of made this podcast just to recap those, and then we eventually realized that we our potential was bigger than that. We're yep. bigger than just a blog, um, but we want to give a little throwback of how we worked before. And so we're going to start doing kind of blogs of the week where we'll just go over one story that's big. And it's a bummer told Nick this. I'm bummed because there were some good ones from this last week. We've got fucking monkeys confusing the shit out of me. We've got, you know, Diego, the kind of a this heroic sexual Adonis of tortoises. We've got cruise lines acting like absolute fools out here. Um, but the blog that I think was most important this past week, in air quotes, was a blog that I wrote in 2017 in my first month of writing. A long time ago. That has garnered me could I? Would I be speaking in hyperbole if I said Twitter infamy? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think there's someone out there who legitimately wants to kill me. He hates you. He hates me. I've never been hated by anyone in my entire life like this one Twitter user hates me. And I, I, I was really, I wanted you to talk about this because this is, first of all, it, it, it's huge for, it's just huge for a lot of reasons. One of which was, yeah. is there anything more legitimizing than haters? I don't think so. Like, I legitimately feel different. Like, I feel famous. Right. I told my entire family. I was like, hey, guess what? This guy wants to kill me. Yeah. Here's my giant wiener on the table, and I have a fucking person who wants to murder me on Twitter. Yeah, wait. Say more about him. I'm assuming it's a him. It, as far as I know, it's a him. Based, yes. So, I a little backstory. I basically was writing. I was trying, desperately trying to share a blog from my website to Twitter, there's a function. It wasn't functioning correctly. And so I was going back to prior times I'd done this, scrolling back through my Twitter. I found a tweet from March um, where I'd said something down, you know, like bad time to find out my house is haunted. And I saw that it had a comment on it. And I don't have a terrific Twitter following, 
So I notice when there's a like there that doesn't belong. You know, I like to I like to keep mental track of who's liking my tweets because they, they you know, they they're off the list. Right. Um, and so I clicked on this, and there was a comment on it, and it was this guy who just said, "Hope it kills you," which I just thought it was hilarious. I, I have never been threatened, like my life has never been threatened ever. I mean, probably on the rugby field a couple times, but like never. In That's this not fashion. real though. That's like yeah, it's not real. Yeah. Um, and so I took a deep dive. I don't remember how exactly I found it, but I went to his profile and I saw that then he had posted this whole thing about this one blog, which I have no idea how he found. In a month, like, it was in April. So it was a month after the tweet had been published. And he basically came out on this blog of, like, you're a scumbag. You know, you're, you're like, a, you're, you're laughing at this clear example of child abuse. Like, you're, I think his words were, like, you can't. I see how it is like she can't defend herself and so you won't be able to defend yourself when I come kick your ass. And didn't make a lot this of blog sense. for content, right? For context was like I wrote in 2017 about a mother who basically complained to a school district because her daughter threatened another student and was put in a small room to do her work. It's like a detention room. And she worked there for the entire day and basically when her mom came to pick her up, daughter was distraught, super upset. Mother basically flies off the fucking rails and is like, you're abusing my kid. You, like, treat her like a prisoner. And I wrote this whole blog of saying, like, look, the principal... Look, and I'll say this as a someone who's worked in education systems where, like, timeout laws, which is this practice in question, are, like, a big part of work. And there are very strict rules in certain states about timeout laws, and there are very... And they're clear... I guess Colorado does not have... Because this case would have been in violation of a timeout law where you're not allowed to put a kid alone in a room. Um... And I'm not speaking at all to the morality of that. But the fact is that the matter is, like, the principal put his son in this room. He's doing work. And my whole line was, like, there's this picture of this little kid just looking so distraught. And my point was, like, you're just bored out of your mind. Like, you're just bored. And you're going to be so much more bored in the rest of your life. <laughs> and this guy just took that as, like, I don't know where he got this idea of, like, I was she couldn't protect herself. Or, like, she's the one who fucking threatened another kid. And he went on this whole... Th- he's tweeted me again saying, like, there's a special place in hell for you. Like, I can't wait to see you there. Which, like, so you're also going to hell? Yeah, like, I don't know. It just... It's my first real Twitter. And it sucks that I was a couple of months behind. I did some deep Twitter stock. And the guy is... Has two different Twitter accounts. Um, which... But I don't know if one's a burner or one's... I think one is for, like, OnlyFans content. I'm not saying that to make fun of him. Um, I actually thought about really starting a war with him. That was I my next question. Blog, just, was like, I wrote this blog this last week of the, and it's a good blog. You should go check it out. And here's blog.com on um, uh, scientists just found that owning a cat makes you less scientifically less likely to have sex. So I went into a deep dive on talk all those that. reasons, and I wanted to recommend it to him because this guy does not seem like he's getting laid all that often, and I don't know tweets at porn stars a lot, um, and I'm not going to make any judgment based on that. It's a line of work. But, you know. What does he say to them? I think he's, like, guessing what colors their butt plugs are for free month-long subscriptions. Oh, that's fair. Which, like, money saved. Yeah, money for saved sure. is a penny earned, right? So, again, not critiquing him. I'm just saying I all I have to work off for this guy's character is his Twitter. Is both of his Twitter. It sounds like he's, um, he's, he's real, though. You know, like. He's a real person. Like, yeah. yeah. He, tried to, he tried to cancel me. He tried to cancel me. He, like. Well, he did. He did. Tried to, he tried to refer you. That was my favorite part. To... It's like some other <laughs> influencer. Like, who 
Who was the person that, I, that he tried to rat you I out? I don't. I, I'll try to find it, but it's it's. Uh, was it, and if it's you've like heard a YouTuber, this guy, right? Yeah, it's a YouTuber. He's got like 120,000 followers, so he's not huge, but like he's, he's big. 120,000 times larger than I am, or this guy is for that matter. But it's funny to think um, of that person being like, "Thank you for bringing this to my attention." Like it's very important that you that yeah. you brought this to me. I just is like I whatever happened him. on April on April 12th. Like this guy he was pissed. just decided he was gonna have a fucking vendetta against me. That's like he wanted me, he wanted me dead. I would like do anything to have him on the pod. And my blog dead. I mean, dude, honestly, I would do he would anything to have to him it. on. If you're listening you right you now, are... I'd love to interview you. We can Keegan can <laughs> be can gone. Make this happen. Keegan cannot even be there if you'd prefer that. And we can Rapzilla. just who said, if you've heard of Repzilla at Zilla Ridge, he's an internet creator, YouTuber, and I love cats. All right, so this guy could read this blog. Um, he's got okay, so he's got twenty thousand followers. That's pretty big. Um, We're not gonna scoff at that. And yeah, he he basically said like I have some other drama for you to look into at Zilla Ridge. <laughs> it's this guy Keeks. <laughs> it's this guy Sweaty Keeks, and I just want to give this guy a shout out. This is the most like this is the most exposure my blog has ever gotten. Thank you. You know. So, but it, 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 was a, it got in my head a little bit, too, where I was writing a blog a couple days ago. And I was, well, because I was like, fuck, did I really say anything? You know, like, I swing from the hip. Yeah, I shoot from the hip with the blog. I definitely have written things where I think if someone took them super seriously, they'd be like, wow, Keegan is an asshole. But I try to make it pretty clear that I'm looking at things in a joking manner. And I really had a moment where I was like, could I have really, like, offended? Did I do something terribly wrong by right. writing this blog? You know? And I was like, fuck, like, what if this girl grows up and sees her picture in this blog? And then I was like, well, she's already in the fucking news for it. Yeah, the chances that she sees the blog over NBC, yeah. whatever. Right. You're already infamous for doing... And I... So, I had a whole thing where I was, I was, like, writing this thing about a cruise ship, and I was like, fuck, is this too offensive to write about? You know? Just too much. Yeah. So you almost beat me, anonymous Twitter user. Well, it sounds I like he's helping you're you the too. insane one. Right? Like yeah. if anything, he's just yeah. making you a little bit more critical. You're looking at the That's world true. with a with a more sympathetic eye now. Yeah, or less. Or less. Depending on how much you yeah. want to piss this guy off. I know. He might try to kill me. He feels like a he loser might. all around. Well yeah, I don't know. If he depends how like he could he could find out a lot about us based on this podcast, so Hopefully, for sure. You know, for sure he's not. A, hopefully he's not a. Hopefully listener. he's not a listener. <laughs> but also, yeah, or an Instagram if he follower. is a listener, yeah, like we'll never look. Honestly, again, we said this before. We said this with our romance guy. We can't turn away listeners. No. So if you're a listener, thank you, and you want to leave a voicemail, you know, we love your patronage. Yeah. Talk about all the ways. Yeah. yeah, talk about all the ways you want to tie me up, and put me in a closet. We'll listen you know? to it. We'll, I want to get into we'll it. We'll air it publicly, dissect it. I, I'd love to interview yeah. you about how much you hate Keegan. That, yeah. that seems like a great segment. I would be fascinated in it. Yeah, for sure. You've heard that, This American because, Life, where she talks to her trolls. Be, yeah, because I feel, one, I do feel I do feel better having an internet troll, but at the same time, like I want to be liked, you know? Oh, yeah, that was going to be my next question, but you've sort of covered it. It's like, how do you weigh that excitement about the, the attention versus the desire to be liked? And I'm not saying that, like, oh, Keegan has these things. Like, I have these things, too. I also desire and love attention and want to be liked more than anything in the world and the troll yeah, the internet no, troll really liked. throws that into some yeah he hates my guts he, hates your like guts. he wants me to be he wants me to be dead he wants us to be in hell together yeah 
At least you'll be together. Which is kind of nice. At least you'll have someone. Honestly, like, they talk about friends who, who, you know, boost your content, recommend you for jobs. But, you know what? I say, keep the friends close who want to be in hell with you. That's fair. They're the real one. Anonymous Twitter user out there with your two accounts. I see you. Yeah. A hat tip <laughs> to you, sir. That's a hat sir. tip. Speaking about YouTube content. And real ones. And real ones. I am I obsessed in love, maybe, with this man, Coyote Peterson. Coyote Peterson. This guy, I mean, I would be shocked because I didn't realize how big he was. Like, his YouTube channel, I think, is bigger than, like, he's been signed with Animal Planet. He's, he's beaten a lot of these, like, National Geographic shows. It's Brave Wilderness is his show. And you will know him because, inevitably, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, you've been pitched a video where somebody holds a fucking giant bug on their arm and lets them sting them. And that's this guy. That is Coyote Peterson. That's what he does. He does a lot of other things, too. Like, he's really into conservation. He's really into seeing animals that don't kill him or try to kill him. Yeah. But this is like a guy who gets his face covered in bees and gets stung by all of them to, for education. He's like, he's a little bit of like an American Steve Irwin times Bear Grylls, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he is. He talks about his influencers, and he, like, as a kid, went around, he was trying to catch snapping turtles and pretend they were alligators. Like, he wanted to be a young Steve Irwin, and, like, he really does do all of this to educate people. But he really comes off, and I can't, I, I'm not, I don't want to say a bad thing about him. I think he is insane, but also, like, kudos to him. But he's also fucking crazy, because that's, like, he comes off as fucking insane. I love I love his brand of crazy, too, because he's just, it's, yeah. He's so, he's so positive, too. He's incredibly positive. He never swears. That's the crazy never thing. Swears. He never swears. And he's, and he's in, like, an extraordinary amount of pain. And I know we went... We uh, a few weeks ago covered murder hornets, and we were like, like be, just getting stung by a bee hurts. But apparently, there are some bees where it hurts really, really bad. We'll dive into that in a minute. But it's just this guy fascinates me, and we're gonna be poking some holes in, in certain aspects of his of his show today. But I do want to just make clear that um, I, one of the things that I want to do, I was talking to you about this, Nick, yeah. is I think every other time we found someone who was so polar opposite of this pod stance on animal attacks. I want them to work for the pod. Like I want them to come and work for this fledgling media mogul and be our man, our eyes, our our boy, our boys on the ground, you know. Oh yeah. And just get the shit attacked out of them by animals. This is the one case where like I would gladly work for Coyote Peterson and I've designed a role for myself where I'm going to be the person that is just next to him who's like, dude, if you do that you're going to die. Like I'm going to be his fear. I'm going to be the audience's representation of psyche and fear. And I think like that could go a long way. Like I think if it just, you've got the camera on him, he's fucking like growling on the ground. You turn to me and I'm like, dude, honestly, you fucking asked for it. Like, why would you put a B on your arm? It does. And I think I could edit. I think I could edit uh, together an audition tape where we just cut from him to me. And I think I could get this job. I think, I think you should too. And I definitely think you should send to coyote. Um, my, my big, my thought on that is like, there are definitely, like, that's what Jackass was and Wild Boys. It was, like, one person yeah. doing it and the other guys being guys being like, that's so stupid, you're fucked. It's going to hurt so bad. Yeah, and that's what, hurt so Coyote bad. only has, yes, man, he only has people who are hyping him up, which I think is great. Like, Mark, his cameraman, who you, you introduced me, I think his name is Mark, right? Mark and Mario. They're great. Great crew. They're with they're him. Awesome. They're, they're, they're like, awesome. What I love about what I've seen so far is everyone's on the same team in terms of like, we're out there in the nature. We're psyched we just caught this bug. 
we got to figure yeah. out what its deal is. And then it's, we're going to yeah, make it, it bite it you. Yeah, it bites and they're like poking them. Yeah. It actually reminds me a lot of like when I was in the hospital a few years ago and you guys were in there and you had the rubber gloves on. You're like, dude, you're in pain. Let's fucking poke this Let's thing. see what we can do to it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, let's, and let's do a prostate check in the meantime. It's our you know, one like, opportunity. Let's get, get it all out of the way. Right, I was on. I was on state health care. Who knows what like the thoroughness of the job they were going to do? We had to get in. That's there. why I had my. That's why I had my, my my cast in there with me, my crew. But he could use someone to build a little bit more tension. You know, because his whole catchphrase is like, "Be brave," and he points to the bug. He goes, "Stay wild." And I want him to be holding me back. I'm like, you tried to fuck up my friend. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, dude! He's just protecting its nest, bro." He's the king of sting. Don't swear. He's the king of no, dude. He meets the king of Sting. He meets, he the, king meets of Sting. the king of Sting. So we're gonna play a couple. Clips the other great part about him, really quick, is that he's very handsome. Yeah, he is very handsome. He's got great style. That's my one condition: is I want to look cool. And I, I wrote a blog on this. It'll be out Monday. I want to look cool enough that I I want to look cool, but I don't want to upstage him. He's the main. He's the main character in this. I'm not coming into this show to blow up his no. phone. I'm just there to represent the audience. But I do want to be cool enough. Maybe some similar boots as him, where like if God forbid he gets stung by so many bees that his face explodes, that like I'm a good second choice for the ladies in the audience. That's fair. <laughs> and I think my fear would be relatable, you know? Everyone always talks about the very brave guy who gets bitten by like a fucking tarantula. No one ever talks about the grown twenty eight year old crying in the corner. Who was scared the whole time and told <laughs> yeah, not they're to like, do it. It's like Mario, can you get an angle on Keegan? And it's like no, I can't find him. The one thing that I, we want to talk about today, the reason why Cody Peterson is so on my mind, I've been a fan for a long time, but I recently saw a couple of videos that were were just like so they're so similar and so different in just like a profound way. And I wanted to go over this with you, Nick, and I wanted to include our audience in it. So what we're gonna do first is we're just gonna play these two videos two separate, uh, I want to call them experiments that Coyote does. And we're just going to go into his reactions and just the principle behind both of them. The first one is his encounter with an executioner wasp. And the second one is an experiment he does in a hot spring. So for the first one, let's we'll pull up this clip. He has a executioner wasp on his arm and we're going to see what happens next. Love it. Yep, I'm ready. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to enter the sting zone with the Executioner Wasp. Here we go. One, two, three. about it and it is without question sharper sharper than a bullet ant ah, hold on ah, it's getting worse ah, stop burning ah, it's getting worse ah, 
You little devil. Ah, oh, the executioner lives up to its names. So that's him getting stung by an executioner wash. I'm not correct. I'm not sure if you could tell that he's in pain during that video, but yep. um, you get stung by yeah a giant a giant animal, and he then has to deal with the consequences of it. Uh, we're gonna dive into our next video now. We've got Coyote Peterson in hot springs, putting his hands in the hot water. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to enter the burn zone with a hot spring. Here we go. One, two. Oh wow, it gets hotter the deeper you go. So as you can maybe tell, also very painful to put your hands in a hot spring. In hot water. In hot water, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we can just go into, I wish, I hope we can maybe find a way to get these videos on social and have some level of us watching them so that our audience can have an idea of what they're doing. If let me just tell you that the visuals are as invigorating as as the audio. Like the visuals are up there. You've got to see it. It's it's worth checking there's, out. There's a moment when he gets stung by the 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 executioner wasp where he legitimately looks like he looks like the uh, he looks like the gif of Undertaker where he just comes back from the dead and his eyes it's like the the eyes of a crazy man, and he's yeah. just you're like this person might be dead. He's punching the ground. It's um. He's a showman too. That's what I love about it. Like he's clearly yes. in a lot of pain, but he, he puts it on. He does. And he, he like is coming up with, he's like a WWE announcer who's announcing That's what I was gonna say. while he's getting a chair broken over him. Yeah. Where he's like, he's coming up with rhymes. He's like, this is the king of sting. His like, his delivery is rivals that of like, I think if he ever has to retire, like if he ever gets to a point where his body has so much, insect venom in it where yeah. like one more mosquito bite will kill him he should go into like announcing professional sports he to me and this is a big statement has the same talent set as the rock that's it's a like, huge statement it's a big statement but hear me out like yeah the rock obviously is a world-class athlete coyote peterson world-class taker of pain but what sets them apart there's a lot of world-class athletes out there right like not every college football player goes on to be the rock He's got that mass appeal of the per of being able to pull his personality through everything he does. So does Coyote Peterson, in tons of pain, writhing in, in pain on the ground. He remembers he remembers all his lines, every type yeah, of other watch. That's, that's you know what? Him. That's that's a pretty that's a good take. That's a strong take. Um, he could be the next The Rock. He could be. He could be. He's just one physical transformation away. But it does give me being... pause. I don't want to. Well, it's, I, I mean, it, to put it. this in, in context, like he also was on an ep a good episode of Hot Ones and he basically confesses that he hasn't had a chicken wing. Like his first chicken wing he ever had was the day before. And he gets to the last one and he's like it, saying it's spicy, but like his instinct, right? His training is to just narrate where he's at. W fuck, the host of Hot Wings. Why am I, I I'm blanking yeah. on everything today? He like he obviously keeps a very strong face on through all of this, and at one yeah. point, Kyrie Peterson asks him at, about it. Host says, "I have to look this up because I can't just call him the host the entire time." I feel like his um, name's Sean Evans. Sean Evans, yes. Sean Evans. He kind of says, "Like Sean, like, do you think these are hot?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do, but like, I would be be I'd be remiss to invite you on the show and then not keep my shit together. Like, if you brought me into the wild, and." you got scared of a snapping turtle. Like, how am I supposed to have confidence in you that I'm not going to die? And they get to the final, like, 
super hot, like brain dead one yeah. where you put a little glob on it. You know, it's tradition to put it on the end. And, and Coyote Peterson is literally like, can I drink this from the bottle? Has anyone ever done that before? And Sean Evans, legitimately, he's like, he's, he's stunned. Like he cannot, he doesn't know what to say. You can tell he's terrified of like, if this guy drinks this, he might die. And he doesn't drink it, but it's just, he's got this, he's just an incredible showman. And he has an insane pain tolerance. Like Crazy. the fact that, the fact that you can get bit by, I got bit by an ant, like doing the thistle shit last week. I don't want to be, you come near me, like you're dead. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about what I find funny about this is so many of his videos, right? He's trying to teach you, hey, if you're in this situation, this is what would happen if you got stung. This is the type of pain you're going to deal with. There's a huge difference between like what happens if you get stung by an executioner wasp of, to the like, what happens if you put your hands in boiling water? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just no, there's it's not, no, it's a false there's no education. Thing. There's no education there. You could argue there's education and not just like machismo like this is how much pain I can tolerate, which maybe there's a shred of, but it is so 98 to 2% him wanting to educate the audience with the putting your hands in the water. Scientifically at a certain degree Fahrenheit, the skin will melt off your hands. Yeah. I know this because when we went to Yellowstone national park, my mom made a point of every gift shop we went to, she would find the most horrific death to geyser that she could in a book. And there are some horrific deaths in geysers. And she would read them out loud to my brother and I. That's Just amazing. She'd be like, if you get fucking close to the geyser, here, here's a kid who lost his dog in the geyser and went in after him and his entire body disintegrated. Cool, like, not doing we're that. Fucking 11 years old. So I, there's just like... Yeah, it, it feels funny for him to be like, gotta figure out what's gonna happen here. The <laughs> yeah. others are like, oh, it's like this weak, crazy, unknown, exotic thing. Like a wasp that looks like it's made out of metal stinging him. I'd be like, yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen. But if you were just like, I'm going to put my hands in this fire. I wonder what's going to happen. I'm going to shoot a nail gun through my hand and like wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like, gonna, I, we all know like it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no question. Like, you're not going to, your arm might react differently to venom than other people's, right? Like, sure. you might get stung by 30 bees and not go into anaphylactic shock. It'll be kind of fun to see what happens to your face when you get stung by 30 bees. But like, if you put your hands in boiling water, like the, the skin will burn it's not gonna be fun. from your bones yeah. if you don't take your hands out. It's funny in that video too, because they really like, they, he really builds the drama to him sticking his hands in. And then yeah, it really is on. just, it's just what it looks like. It's a guy sticking his hands in some water. It's also funny in that video, it is like the escalation. It starts with him doing an experiment where he's trying to boil an egg in the it water. It doesn't work. And it doesn't work at all. And then <laughs> he's just like, well, you know what time it is. Got to put my hands in here. And he puts it And It is the thing I really appreciate about, appreciate about that is it comes very close to this competition that we had in high school on the rowing team where we would be in the locker room right before school, 630. And there are only three showers, about 20 guys. And there was like an old decrepit blow dryer. And you would, the game amongst the upperclassmen was you'd hold the blow dryer up to your nipple and see how long you could blow it on high for and the record was like 27 seconds before people's like nipples were blistering. It's yeah. the equivalent. Maybe like, dumber. It might be dumber. Oh, it's definitely dumber. Look, he's a showman and he's very successful. Yeah. And only, and I, I, I applaud him for, because that was the closest to jackass that he's ever gotten. Certainly. My one thing was this about Kyrie Peterson is I do want to see, I haven't watched as much as you have. Does he ever show any range? Because I also was sort of shocked at the, his reaction is, 
pretty similar between those two things. Yes. No, he's he's got a very patented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I really I wish for is that because he really is so into conservation, right? I want him to do one time where he's riding the ground like, Gah! and then he just fucking <laughs> comes up and just smashes the shit out of the bug. Yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> you know? That's the amazing part in the wasp one. He like gently puts the wasp back in its little glass container. He, oh, that's the thing. He always puts it back before the reaction starts. And I just want one time for like him to be it, so yeah. fed up where he's like, this fucking thing is going to die. Or you just fucking, and I want it to be out of nowhere. Just yeah. Mario's got, you know, Mario's got the lens in the bug. And suddenly we got Kylie Peterson's fucking boot out of nowhere. For all we know, they leave it. that on the cutting room floor. Yeah, he could be yeah, a fucking no, monster. He could be, yeah. What if he's just killing all these animals? It'd be really bad. Well, I'll tell you really what, bad. if it'd be very, be scandalous. Next three years, we're gonna see him in a feature film. That's your bet. That's my bet. Do you think it's gonna be a cameo? I think it's yeah. I don't think it's gonna be a big role. Okay. I think it's gonna be. I can get behind that. He's he's. I he's, can't think of why not. He's got know? it. He's in got opinion, it, and he, he'll, he will it. end up. He could end up in like you know, like a Hangover equivalent, where yeah. he's a cameo as a zoo, as like a zoo guide, right? Like it's it's like a Crocodile Dundee kind of thing. I don't think he's like going right. to be The Rock, where it's like he's going to be a franchise. He can play all. He plays all these characters. And the Rock, you know, The Rock's too big to play all these different kind of characters. But yeah, yeah. said to his face. No, I love The Rock. Why don't you typecast him again? Why don't you typecast yeah, him? Again? Typecasting him, you can only play muscle bound huge guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You want to play the strong guys, Rock? Sorry. For the Rock to get his Oscar, he's gonna to have to Christian Bale and lose two hundred eighty pounds. Yeah, Rock just wants to play the nerds. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. He wants to lose the weight, but he can't. He can't. Can't do it. Nope. You talk um, about my friend like that. Hey, man, I love the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have to close out. We've been going for a while, and and we sort of follow this around and like stupid movies we like and uh, niche, somewhat niche Facebook, YouTube videos. And it gets to uh, you're a freaking nerd Keegan. And I want to hear what, what sort of, what nerd Keegan has to say on our new segment, nerd Keegs. Dude, you wish you could take my nerd blood and you wish you could fucking inject it in your veins. He's a nerd, ladies it. and gentlemen. He's a nerd. Yeah. You wish you could be in your veins, brother. He's, 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 do a transfusion. he's fitting into his nerd clothes. He's wish you could fucking get mutated like your Resident Evil Theory, Resident Evil 3 villain, you know, mutate you into something even worse. Yeah, there before. it is. I know that reference for sure. Yeah. I want to talk some nerd shit because look, my... I don't know if it's my favorite time of the year or my least favorite time of the year. It's where you get these fucking, these giant games that come out and suddenly everyone is like, oh yeah, I love video games. Like let's, let's dive into it. And I do love that. I love getting everyone involved. It's an incredible medium for telling stories, especially in the context, which I'm speaking now. And the last time this came out, right. I do want to say it should be a clue to people who hate video games that like the most blockbuster new york times is writing reviews of them video games are these ones where they really have strong narrative structures like red dead redemption 2 yeah in our subject today last of us 2 the number of people that i've had that's not true i've had some people reach out to me saying you know should i play is it okay if i play the last of us 2 without playing the last of us 1 and uh i have spoken to a few of them and i know that many more of them are thinking about it I know a lot of you are out there where you're like, you just bought a PS4. You got one of the new ones on sale because PS5 is coming out soon. And you're like, wow, this Last of Us 2 game looks pretty cool. Last of Us, first one's too old. It's dated. What's the point? I want good graphics, good game. I want the good stuff. I want the pretty things, all right? If you're a console nerds, 
Would you watch The Godfather Part 3 before Godfather Part 1? You fucking decrepit juveniles? No. Return of the King before Fellowship? I don't know, no. you fucking psychopath. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because you're not a fucking idiot. You don't watch The Lord of the Rings for the CGI. You watch it for the fucking, for the story, for the journey. And it starts in Last of Us 1. It would be one thing if it's like, I'm trying to think of an example of a terrible first movie that, you know, that then make, if you skip like the prequels in Star Wars. Yeah. All right. You'd be like, you're like, well, I don't know. Some people like it. Well, Last of Us 1 is like one of the greatest games of all time. It's like, I'm not fucking asking you to pull your own teeth out. I'm asking you to watch an award winning fucking film to be able to enable yourself to better enjoy the second one. So yeah. for Jesus fucking Christ, Jesus Christ, my God, just play the fucking first one. It's like fucking 20 hours of your life. Enough. I still haven't question. finished it. Yeah, I know you fucking have. I know you haven't fucking finished it. I watched it. you stupid. finish it. I it's know what insult- No, no, it's not the same. If someone is, it's, I guess it's not the same, but. No, you know it's not the same. You definitely, you big brothered me into watching that in a big way. You're like, this is going to be awesome. You're going to sit down. You're going to watch me play the last. That's true. Two hours. I did. I remember. I vividly remember you. You wouldn't take no for an answer. You were like, "Yes." Making you watch watch me try to beat the game in one try. Yeah, hundred percent. I watched. But you need to finish it because it's it's like again. I'm not asking you to like sit through fucking four seasons of like fucking. It's true. It is not like that. Hallmark TV. I'm asking you to watch Raging Bull. Right. For the love of God. Fucking. Like study. Not even the full. I want you to watch a little bit of De Niro's filmography. Yeah. God That's forbid. Fair. God forbid the color the color grading isn't up to your fucking standards. The intern. It holds up. With Robert De Niro. Fucking cold. Yeah, so whatever. So it's a dumb question. And I preach I would do want to give a shit. Those of you who've reached out to me, it, it was a scary question to ask. I hope I was fair. This is to all you who are too afraid to ask. Because I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I know you're out there. I know you've thought about buying The Last of Us 2 without playing The Last of Us 1. And I want you to know that I think you're a fucking idiot if you do that. It's not too late for you. There you have it. Nerd Keeks lays down the gauntlet. Yeah, this is episode 69. 69. 69 of your podcast, You're Happy Now. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening, whether you've been with us for the last nine episodes, last three episodes, this is your first episode, or if you've been with us from the start, we know you're out there. You've hated you Keegan guys, since uh, 2017. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, if you've hated my guts, big shout out to you. But uh, yeah, serious, uh, serious shout out to you guys. It's been awesome. It's always awesome to hear people who enjoy it or don't enjoy it or hate us, and but you participate either way, and we love that. We want more from you. So without further ado, this wraps up our episode. We'll be back next week. We are two, three, we're three episodes away from Ken Burns Prince. Here's a podcast. You're happy now presents golf. So Can't if you wait. have golf stories, if you want to be, give us some input on golf. We need some interviews, folks. We got to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear the good and the bad and the ugly. So episode 69, here's a podcast. You're happy now. We're wrapping it up. Nick, are you happy now? Nope. Keegan, are you happy now? No, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.